Welcome to our Thought Leadership Interview Series. I'm Brandon Cooper, the Chief Risk Officer here at Benminder. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Spencer Knibby. Spencer is the co-founder and partner of MBK Search LLC, a boutique recruitment firm in the governance, risk, and compliance market space. Prior to founding MBK, Spencer was head of operational risk at Bridgewater Associates. Before moving to Bridgewater, Spencer was head of risk for ICAP, PLC, covering the Americas region. He started his career in venture capital as an investment associate. Spencer is a graduate of Harvard University and lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut with his wife and two sons. Welcome, Spencer. Hi, how are you doing? Glad to be here. Glad to have you as well. And I'm very interested in getting your perspective, particularly having worked as head of operational risk at Bridgewater. You know, overall, from your perspective, how do you think financial institutions are doing with third-party risk management? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think it really depends. I mean, some institutions are 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 doing it well; they get it. Um, whereas others are just trying to kind of muscle through and 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 figure it out as they go along, which uh, obviously is 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 more of a reactive approach, and you know, really exposes them to uh, uh, to more things that can go bump in the night. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> and and you're certainly, you're certainly right. I mean, some that are just trying to power their way through it without really thinking about the finer details of it can really get themselves into into a great deal of trouble. And, and al right. along the same lines, I mean, from your perspective, what do you see as being the biggest struggle from a financial institution perspective for third-party risk? Yeah, you know, I I think the biggest struggle is, well, you know, there's a couple of them. I think first and foremost is just the kind of the, the general holistic problem of data aggregation, right? There's, you know, many different centers, many different corporate entities, many different vendors, uh, critical vendors and non-critical vendors, and just having the ability to see that aggregate picture across the enterprise of really where those institutions are exposed and to whom. That's the first one. I think that's kind of the holy grail challenge. I think the second one is really being able to um, double click and dive deep on your mission critical vendors and ensuring that they are in fact compliant and getting, getting the institution everything they need in order to make an accurate assessment of where their risk exposure lies. Yeah, interesting point. I mean, certainly the critical ones are the ones that demand the most attention. And, and if you don't do those well, I mean, you really don't set yourself up for success in, in third-party risk management. I do say that to be a, a, a genuine struggle for a lot of institutions in first identifying who their critical third parties are and then, you know, what's, what does that mean from an operational perspective for them? You know, what steps do they need to be taking? Besides following the regulatory guidance uh, fairly closely, what other best practices did you see in, in managing risk? Yeah, you know, I I think the various regulatory guidance provides a solid foundation for institutions to follow. Um, I think especially those who have not started or in, in, embarked on building out a framework. I think, you know, the, the practices around, as I mentioned before, data aggregation, organizational consistency, centralized governance and reporting. I mean, this is another kind of critical element that I think a lot of institutions are still trying to figure out is who is responsible for third-party risk, uh, to whom do they report, and uh, and how does this all kind of bubble up to the key stakeholders and shareholders? I think those are kind of the key issues. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we see that a lot with our clients. A lot of them, you know, come right out and ask us, where should third-party risk sit in the organization? You know, maybe right. it's embedded in information technology or info security or worst case, you know, embedded in a business unit. And I, we always recommend, and, and I think the guidance speaks to this as well, you know, having it be independent. So you've sort of got that same voice at the table and maybe, 
you know, have it report up to uh, audit committee or risk committee or straight to, you know, some member of the executive team. To me, that, that guarantees it has the independence and the, you know, the power to speak up and, and be heard when, when problems do occur. Right. Absolutely. One area I, I'm sure you've been following very carefully is, is cybersecurity. You know, what are your thoughts on that? How, how well prepared are we in general and, and should we be concerned? Yeah, I mean, I think cybersecurity is truly kind of top three issues, um, you know, on everybody's radar screen, particularly, you know, board stakeholders in the C-suite. And specifically, when you look at third-party vendors, I mean, it's it's, it's not only you, you expose as an organization, but when you look at the, the key organizations that you trust with your critical processes and, you know, boy, it's it, it can really blow up if you don't have it managed correctly. You know, so I really think it's important to have a in-depth understanding of, you know, third parties, how they manage security risk across the board, you know, who has access to their physical plant, uh, information access, you know, what they're doing around insider threats. You know, I think a lot of institutions focus on the external threat, but don't do as much as I think they could do with regard to insiders. And uh, the data shows that, you know, insiders often create the uh, the biggest events in terms of loss. And I think that's an area that, you know, we really need to hold third parties accountable for. I see a lot of firms actually having uh, security representatives on site, you know, either permanent, semi-permanent, or kind of regularly visiting mission-critical third-party vendors to ensure that these best practices are being implemented and, the, and their standards are being enforced across the board. And that's something, you know, I, I'm seeing more and more of, you know, when we're looking at searches at the executive level and SVP level is individuals who not only can build out that framework internally, but also, you know, can build out a framework that they can go on site to the mission critical vendors to build out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, doing a site visit is always, if, if you can afford it and if you can swing it, particularly for the critical vendors, um, you know, I really think that's the best way to get a view of, of how well they practice all that they preach. I mean, do they have the right policies and, and programs in place? That's one thing. But then to be able to, you know, put your eyes on it and verify that they are doing what they say they're doing, particularly as it comes to information security. And, and I've, I've seen some horror story practices. I mean, things where we've, we've uh, one firm that I visited, they used a wooden spoon to prop open a door. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know, they, they, they preach a great game about information security, but there they are literally compromising their physical security right there. Um, right. I had to visit another firm where you, you didn't have to sign in or be escorted around the building at all. And, I, you know, again, I, I just found that to be really shocking, quite frankly, in today's information security world. And these were firms that had access to a lot of customer information, customer data, and should be, you know, doing a better job of protecting it. Oh, sure. Overall, overall do you think uh, risk management is getting enough attention at the senior management and board level? And, and what sort of things do you think we can do to better demonstrate their level of involvement? Sure. Uh, again, it, it certainly depends by the institutions. I think, you know, some companies have completely bought in from the top down, whereas others simply go through the motions that are doing it because they have to do it. And we certainly see it in recruitment all the time. It's it's very easy to tell the firms who are fully bought in, you know, because the job description has the right reporting, it's the right leveling, there's, you know, controls in place uh, to mitigate the conflict of interest. And I uh, I also even see a lot of what I call conflict of priority, right? You know, you have a, a, a really strong 
risk person in there who reports into uh, the business or the COO. They might not be doing anything nefarious, but they might, you know, just need a body and the risk person's a good body and, you know, their boss tells them to go on to some non-risk related project and, you know, they're, uh, they're off the watch, so to speak. And so I think as we look for, you know, flags like that within the organization to really tell whether or not someone's bought into it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you hear it all the time and I, I think it is a truism, you know, risk culture really starts from the top down and should be embedded across the organization, not just lip service. It's, it's really and truly dedicating time, resources, and uh, excellent staff to these areas and making risk a destination where you know, employees want to work, where it's innovative, they're doing cool things, they're embedded in the, the front-to-back uh, decision-making processes within the organization. I think those are what some of the leading white firms are doing. The firms that aren't doing it so well, you know, risk is truly on an island or it's reporting into the business somewhere and, you know, they may or may not get invited to a meeting um, and, uh, and, you know, it is what it is. And those organizations that oftentimes will, will experience the badness that comes with, uh, with, you know, security incidents or operational incidents, what have you. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I spent a good deal of my career, uh, well, in operational areas and in marketing and, the, and those sort of areas from time to time, but, you know, just naturally gravitated toward compliance and risk. And I did have a couple of senior managers really kind of look at me funny and say, why would you want to go to risk? I mean, you know, <laughs> that's where careers go to die. And yeah, I hate to hear that because, again, you're really downplaying something that you need to be taking very, very, very seriously. And, and it, it's right. good because I think there has been a culture shift in the past you know, 10 years since the financial crisis, and really a lot more focus on, on risk management and risk priorities. So that, that, that's encouraging. And, and certainly, you know, I hope that trend continues uh, for the sake of our entire financial services system. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and then one final question, you know, do you see any relief coming in the short term, not in terms of general regulatory relief, but will any of the regulatory reform that's getting so much attention in the news right now ever really make its way down to give compliance officers a break? <laughs> you know, um, I definitely don't see any relief as it pertains to third-party risk management. I think, you know, as long as as long as long as things are going bump in the night and there's bad guys out there and, uh, you know, firms continue the trend of, of outsourcing key processes, and this will continue to be top of book for regulators and, and, and shareholders alike. So I think, you know, when you're looking at other areas across kind of the governance risk and compliance spectrum, third-party risks and information security, these are really, uh, they're here to stay and actually see, see organizations getting more rigorous and uh, regulators getting more rigorous going forward. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I certainly don't <laughs> anything that's going to be an immediate you know, breath of fresh air that says, okay, you can all relax now and not worry about your vendors. Right. Right. I just don't see it happening in the short no. term. <laughs> Spencer, any final thoughts? Anything else you want to add today? Yeah, you know, I think I think this is really one of the uh, the green fields in the discipline of risk management. You know, I think as third-party risk has become more and more front and center, and I think it really is married with that whole whole cybersecurity threat out there and, and consciousness of that threat. I mean, this is really an area where we're seeing a lot of innovation with firms, you know, both from bringing on technology, bringing on partners who can help them better get an understanding of their exposure to third-party risk. I think that, you know, there is a lot of potential for individuals wanting to focus on this particular uh, 
sandbox of risk, as it were. Yeah, you know, as we just said kind of in the previous question, I mean, this is this area is truly a growing area, and I, I think it's a, a big area where firms in the industry uh, as a whole can innovate and advance. I think that absolutely sums it up perfectly and a, a great point to close on. Thank you again, Spencer, for joining us, and thanks, everyone, for listening in on the session. Please be on the lookout for future interviews in our Thought Leadership series.